Welcome to BMP Weekly, episode 197. It is 9th of February. Feels like yesterday we just recorded one of this. What's happened, Walter? Which almost was, right? Which <laughs> almost was. So in this episode, we speak French. Uh, no. Uh, in BMP Weekly. Voilà. <laughs> Fair point. In BMP Weekly, let's talk about the latest on Microsoft 365 areas, all up and including the Microsoft Cloud. So we're being pretty inclusive related on all of the things that's happening within the world in Microsoft, Microsoft world. Yes, too big in the Microsoft world. Um, including the Microsoft articles and then the community articles. Today is 9th of February and we're recording this few days after the previous session because there's going to be holiday breaks and family things and all of that, which is important as well. So really, really yes, good. Yes, For the upcoming weeks, I think we'll do a bit more switch the schedule. Uh, so woke. So anyway, that let's not mind that. There was a lot of news this week. Uh, I think the, the hottest topic for sure has been uh, artificial intelligence and the chat GPT and the Google competitors and all of that stuff. It's been an interesting week. So um, before we go to the interview with Bert, I have to say it, it was interesting to actually know. I, I've st- I knew from last week already that something's going to happen on Monday, Tuesday, because there was social media, you know, guidance and everything else going on uh, internally in Microsoft. And since I do some of the tweeting and all of that, and there was a guidance, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, what could it be? Hmm. What could it could it be? Hmm. Or or is it then the chat GPT being a thing? And it was chat GPT being thing. So (laughs) which leaked also on Friday, which is a bit of a bummer, but you know, so still a cool thing. No, it happens, yes. and and just well, the, clearly people have been loving that because the reaction has been really positive, especially on the Microsoft one. And in the interview with Bert Janssen this time, Bert is joining us on talking about the community and all of that stuff. And also we talk about the AI impact for developers, which is an interesting uh, thinking point. Will it change everything? Will it make developers completely irrelevant? Spoiler: No, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> but, but as part of that discussion, we also talked about the the, the Google uh, handling of the situation, which wasn't that optimal. So they had a bit of a challenge on the on some of the demos Happens. in their event. Some demos break, you know. Some demos break. Some demos, yeah, exactly. But and, scale, and yeah, yeah, yeah and, scale, and the you scale need to have and like a plan. Yes, and you need to double check the information. What you're getting is correct. You just no, you can't. Uh, what was Do the not impact? Assume. Do what was assume. the impact again on the stock? It was 100 it was billion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was <laughs> so anyway, so let's jump on the interview and discussion with Bert Janssen. Bert's been in the show in the past as well, but he's always good to chat with. Um, and we and let's let's talk about the impact of ChatGPT and the AI for developers as well. So welcome, Bert, and joining on the BMP Weekly uh, episode nine one nine. I, bleh, English is so hard. 197. 197. Um, you've been actually on the show pretty recently as well, but we wanted to actually recap some of the, the insane numbers, which, what I know that you have calculated, for example, on the open source side of the house and, and kind of a, talk about a bit more, even more about the open source and what does it mean for you and community. And, and of course, talk about the latest news of this week, which is what is it? Well, artificial intelligence, artificial intelligence, artificial intelligence, right? So, <laughs> yeah. what did you say? <laughs> yes, artificial AI, intelligence. AI. Okay, AI. okay, AI. Yeah, I get it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I heard something about I don't us. Hear you. You're in tunnel. Mm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, uh, but can you do a quick recap, uh, Bert, for those who do not know who you are and, and what are you do for a living? And, and by the way, there was an organizational chance as well. We can talk about that <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Last time, we just not that long ago, in this call, I was a senior service engineer working in the Wondering SharePoint customer engineering team. Uh, by then, two things have happened. Uh, one is more like a internal uh, title alignment. So I'm now a senior software engineer which I think better fits what I do for the most part, but it's not my only thing that I do. Uh, but the bigger thing is that uh, I'm now in the developer uh, ODSP, um, developer platform team. How do you call it? I don't think it's ODSP team, developer, anymore. Either. Whatever. Well, I don't think it's ODSP anymore. The team but that's uh, a separate working discussion. on owning the API <laughs> service, <laughs> the developer experience. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm platform uh, APIs, SharePoint framework, uh, extensibility. Technically, yeah. we do own uh, SharePoint add-ins as well and farm solutions. So um, now mm-hmm. I have somebody to 
you know, go back and have a discussion Workflow. on feature framework. Sample solution. So the same theme as Espresso. So we just uh, like you can say like a, a long, long uh, journey from joining Microsoft <laughs> <been> a while. <laughs> to, to, to now. Like when I joined Microsoft, uh, the like I guess like six weeks later, I went to a training around SharePoint in Munich. And there was Tressa there giving the training, which was an IT Pro training, but it ended up as a developer training. That's something, another story to tell. Uh, <laughs> Go figure. I didn't I did know back then, but now I understand why. Uh, but yeah, so uh, our SharePoint path <laughs> crossed uh, like uh, 16 years ago, more or less. Uh, and now we're finally, for the first time ever, in the same organization. So that's that's really cool. Yep. And uh, really looking forward to uh, the improved synergies that will give us Especially around PNP, for example, having the same management chain uh, with uh, not, not just me, also Patrick Watchers is, is now in, in the same uh, organization. So I think that will be good for community uh, and also good for our ISPs and customers altogether. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's been an interesting. What we've been for those who know me and Bert, we've been working closely within open source since 2013, right? Yeah. So or community and open source tooling and, and reusable stuff. So, but again, this is the first time we are actually in the same team, which is interesting. So, but that, that really shows also the cross, the possibilities of cross-organizational and cross-team work. You don't have to be in the same team, right, Walter? Yes, and to be honest, <laughs> we are not even in the same org. Like we exactly, CEO, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Right, so yeah. so even though we work together almost every day, like we meet at CEO, basically that is kind of the connection that we have. So, but you mentioned that, that you both were working in the community since 2013. Now is 2023. When are we going to celebrate 10 years? Huh? That's a good day. one. That's a good question. End, end so of now, the calendar year, I guess, more or less. <laughs> now, October, now, November, there's, a, there's, time frame? <laughs> there's, there's kind of a two, two, let's say, historical moments. There's the historical moment when we started the, the original first internal project, which wasn't public. So that's actually, I would say, uh, August, September 2013. Mm -hmm. uh, 2013. Um, and that's when Bert actually got involved. And then we started doing things with uh, Schumann Chakrabarty, Steve Walker. Uh, uh, well, there was a lot of, lot of other people right. uh, involved in was that. Frank involved? Frank, Mar Frank, Frank Marasco. Yeah, true, true. So a lot of people started doing uh, gradually involved internally. And then uh, the moment when we went public was, wasn't it a SharePoint 2014 conference? Uh, I think right. April. 2014. So that could be like the public moment whenever the open source community and thing actually publicly started. So, so we can celebrate twice. On uh, yeah. place, right? Yes. On place. <laughs> I'll, I'll, let's agree this. I'll, I'll, I'll pick up you both and everybody else from the team in my private chat and we'll fly to Blanai uh, with that work. So. Yes. <laughs> uh, if you do it twice, that's acceptable. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Only if you do it twice. Yes. <laughs> Only in my dreams, because we yeah, have private chats. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you still have a few months to go. Yeah, um, true, true. Chop, chop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Get onto it. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so it's 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 been an interesting ride. And, and it's actually interesting. It, it's... Um, it's been a really long journey even to get uh, corporate people necessarily to understand the value of community. Of course, there's always been the community of, uh, you know, the SharePoint Saturdays for those who've been around since 2007. But doing open source with Microsoft corporate tooling, uh, it wasn't really like, what are you doing exactly? <laughs> why, are you, why are you sharing your IP and your expertise um, openly externally? And that was like, no, no, why you shouldn't be doing that? Um, and that was a really interesting a game. Way. Also, I, I remember when I, this is actually a lot of the original stuff started from a one project, which I did for a, let's see, that was a one uh big paper manufacturing company, one of the biggest paper manufacturing companies in the world. We, we did some mock-ups and triads and all of that. And when I started sharing those even internally in Microsoft in the autumn 2013, uh, the management chain, my management chain at the time was super worried about why are you sharing this openly out? We should get, you know, we have to 
claim some success out of it. So why are we sharing this out? And that's that's interesting how that mentality has evolved, especially with Microsoft. Um, we didn't own GitHub at the time. We didn't have GitHub connections at the time. There was just Did, the, did GitHub exist even back then? GitHub mm, did exist. Probably, yeah. So, okay. It was yeah. Codeplex. But it was Codeplex the at the time. Codeplex. So the, the whole mentality of, hey, sharing knowledge um, actually helps our partners and customers to succeed as well. Um, it's it's a bit of a big thing, you know. <laughs> I think PNP is a nice uh, testament to to how that helps uh, and, and how True. largely it's being adopted. And yeah, like if you now that's actually a good say. Uh, now we've been wondering and chatting on that one. Yeah, the, the the historical and the dinosaurs and blah blah. We heard this story 27 times. You talked about you mentioned how widely it has been adopted. Can I talk about some of the the metrics? So some of the th- one of the things what we started back in 2013 autumn, which is pretty horrifying, was the reusable code code packages and all of that. And some of that that's kind of historical reusable NuGet packages, and they've evolved to be whatever it is right now. Mm-hmm. What what's the scale of usage? Yes, <laughs> they're still NuGet packages, but that's, that's NuGet neat. packages. The thing where we started with PNP was indeed uh, let's call it the utility library. Uh, yep. To provide extra features on top of CSOM because we while working with CSOM, we discovered several kind of gaps, shortcomings, things which were really hard to do. Uh, and then, um, yeah, let's make like any consulting organization, you would make things easier for your colleagues if you try to do that. That was that library, uh, first attempt library. Um, on you get eventually, yes. <laughs> uh, but that one, still there. Although not in exactly the same form, obviously. Ten years, yep. we did something in ten years. Now we have uh, PNP Core SDK and PNP Framework, which are the two libraries which work together hand in hand. Uh, Core SDK is the newer one, uh, containing uh, all new features. End up in that one. Um, it's way better documented, better tested, etc. But still, are plenty of features in, in the PNP Framework one. Some of these code pieces are quite old. I'm pretty sure there's still things out there in there from like the early days. Uh, not that even, many, but there's even still, stuff that I've written. E- even stuff so. that you've written, yeah, yeah. We, we, <laughs> wow. We try to eliminate that, but we still have some things <laughs> to do, but we're getting there. Uh, but <laughs> the thing is that, that, like, the usage for those things is just crazy, crazy. Like, um, for the whole, uh, now I'm talking, I'm just looking up the, the right numbers here, so give me a sec, but for the whole um, PNP ecosystem, we had like 1.3 million tenants that used a PNP component, uh, and that's in not just .NET world. There's also uh, a CLI. That's also a PowerShell. That's also PNPJS. So it's it's the, the 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 main libraries and tools that, that we have. Uh, like we used by 1.3 million tenants. I think Within if we kind of dreamt about Within that last year, so like 10 years ago or, or seven years ago or five years ago. It would be an, an impossible target. It would be f- way too just out of league. Meaning, we, we, and yeah, it it happened. We did that, and and that, so that that's amazing. Well, but, and but I mean, like, and maybe that's kind of you know a stretch. But basically, the same way you know, Bill Gates envisioned in I don't know '90s that everybody would have a PC at home, or was it earlier? Already? I think it was even earlier, like 80s. Early, yeah, so, yeah. Like basically yeah. the same thing. Like everybody yeah. who builds something on 365 uses PMP in one way or another. Correct. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That, that's like true. That that being a north star, right? Yeah. But it, it is is it's actually interesting, and, and 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 I think one of the key success points there is the consistency, and communications, and just keep on doing because if you're doing the good thing and if you're doing the good mm-hmm. will for other people, which by the way motivates you because you're helping people. At least for me, that's always been like all about helping other people and that makes me feel better because I'm I'm providing value for other people. Um, but coming um, that's consistency is super critical. And then of course all of this tooling, like coming back on CLI is a great example. Uh, while that, uh, you created CLI originally, obviously now it's much more multiple people maintaining that and all of that. But you created originally CLI to address a gap. It gap was there, there was a need, there was a requirement. Microsoft yeah, didn't yeah, exactly so, mm-hmm. and then it started growing from there uh, to what it is, the massive success, what it is right now. It's it's just interesting. There's always kind of a, the, the successful projects in open source um, or in the community, of course, they are not just, hey, I, I'll do something. No, they actually are there to provide 
real value for the for others as well. Yeah. So, and and it, it takes time. I think uh, people underestimate or kind of assume that something open source will immediately be a success and everyone will need it and work on it and jump on it and do things. But that's not reality. I think just need, like you mentioned, Fessa, staying, being persistent, keep going, and 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 step by step. Uh, Projects grow and, and and get more mature and get more people helping out and, and uh, an ecosystem around them and that just takes years of time. There is no like uh, zero to one hundred in, in a couple of months uh, <laughs> unless maybe it's open. It's, it's AI related nowadays. That might be a super hot yeah, topic. Yeah, all of the open source. There's no value in open source. It's all coming from AI. The, the, right? that, that, so. that might change some things. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And, and and one thing to also notice in the scale of this, if you think about the scale of 10 years, which is not yet 10 years, but still, um, it's it's you have ups and you have downs. You have ups and downs. And it's actually interesting to see how the industry moves forward and the offerings move forward and the products move forward. And then how the open source like hey, demand goes up and down and, and what are the things which what people are using. Um, moving from a more from only 100% in C-sharp to a more web stack development world across all of the different cross-platform and all of that. Um, it's been an interesting journey to see all mm-hmm. of that transformation. So, and, and from a Microsoft perspective, especially being, well, you've been in a company for a long time, Bert, as well, the transformation of the company, which was heavily against Apple, heavily against any other ecosystem than the Windows and Microsoft ecosystem. And we were oh, yeah. super aggressive about that. And all and of a sudden then- a new CEO. Yeah, yeah mm. that was part of the, uh, Satya started in 2014. I just saw it yesterday, so it's a good reminder. Uh, but it's it's just completely flipping the, the discussion um, and basically embracing the other devices and, and making sure that- yeah. Yeah. Also, especially I think in our space, you know, adoption plays a big role, right? Because even though we come up with something, it doesn't mean that people will embrace it. It's not like, especially in yeah. our space, you know, people build things that are there to last. So it's not like an app you install on your phone to, I don't know, view maps or something. And if you don't like it, you uninstall, you install another one. Like if you buy in into something like, service library and sdk or a tool that is there like it's bought like you buy into it yep and removing it comes with a huge cost right because like to really to benefit from it well you need to learn you make a choice i'm i'm going to use this so i'm not going to do these other three things right so so you you invest that and like people are wary about it, like because like you, like many folks are risk averse, especially in projects, you know, that they do for uh, um, customers, the large orgs. Um, they don't want to have unnecessary risk that they will use something and the thing will disappear from the face of the earth tomorrow. Of course not. Right. Yep. So getting to the place where we kind of prove, you know, we earn our stripes and we are, we show like, no, no, we are here. We are here to stay. You can trust us. Yeah. And having that trust, it takes, you know, years to build that overnight mm-hmm. uh, SaaS, overnight success. Uh, right? Yeah, it's yeah. it's BMP PowerShell. I say it's absolutely. It, that's even actually more well known or even more used. Well, not technically more used because BMP PowerShell uses BMP Core behind the scenes, but people mm-hmm. don't necessarily know that. So BMP PowerShell is like. So. It, oh yeah, so it, yeah, but it, the, the the kind of the cues between the components are interesting as well. But if they've got some, something like maybe PowerShell, some of the new commentlets don't go to official PowerShell commentlets anymore. They go to PMP PowerShell because it's more widely used. Um, so, and and where that started, well, Irvin Van Hoonen back in 2014 was kind of a, looked into the the NuGet component where the reusable library as was like, oh, kind of makes sense to be able to do this stuff using scripting, which, by the way, makes a lot of sense. And scripting is a yeah. great way of doing low-level low automation um, and easy automate. Well, easy. The complex PowerShell scripts are not super easy. But anyway, so... <laughs> It's, it's super easy to do yeah. PowerShell, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, Chat but it's, GPT, it's... can you give me a PowerShell script? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> now the question is: Will now ChatGPT make all open source and the code and developers completely irrelevant? And you, Bert, actually tested that recently this week, and that with great results. Oh, yeah, yeah. Last I, week. I had like a surprising result, like um, for some internal um, Q&A, we need to kind of list all methods uh, from particular libraries uh, so okay ask ChatGPT use 
tablet use uh, C sharp, use reflection, create a console application that reads these properties and then outputs the CSV with these columns. Takes like two minutes to describe the task. Okay, presenter. Okay, yeah, something comes out, but not all code spit out by ChatGPT or by any AI always compiles or works, whatever. Some, sometimes there are small things that you have to fix, but this was just copy paste, create a new uh, console application in Visual Studio, paste, press a five, bomb. That was. <laughs> it, it just works. And uh, so exactly. that yeah, saved that me like uh, an hour because you, you all know these things work. But then you have to start hunting the correct example and copy paste and start from something. And, and uh, it's not a, 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 it's not super hard, yeah. but it's just annoying to kind of, okay, I have to figure I did this in the past, but now I have to figure out again how I did it. So you start searching and, and all of that work, you kind of kind of had a, yeah. get a head start with uh, Richard GPT and, and AI. And that was uh, a nice surprise. Yeah. Uh, and it's this is just a very simple sample that... <laughs> is Sorry? it horrifying, or is no, it? I, I, no, no. I, I, I see it more as, as a, a huge opportunity. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, Increases uh, productivity of the developers for sure. Developers, but also students. Like uh, just yep. kind of an anecdote. Uh, I told my daughter about. I showed my kids ChatGPT, and then there was some some discussion around it. And and uh, they're both uh, one daughter is twenty, and son is eighteen, so they're at school and studying and. And then today, my daughter, she sent me a message like, hey, a friend of me, she told me that she used it for an exam. She had an online exam, and she asked ChatGPT the answers, mm-hmm. uh, and she passed. And she was kind of completely shocked about it. It, it, it was yep. like, oh, what? <laughs> yeah, but it only so, proves, right? I, I'm not giving that example. Are really... Yeah, yeah, but well, like it only proves right, right, that the time of the exams that even the shape of exams need to change. Like the correct the things correct. We test people correct. on. Like it's about time because it's way past. You yes. know, the need for a change. And it's no longer about we, memorizing. Yeah, exactly. Like we have abundance of stuff. You can find things really, really easily. So like being yep. able to connect dots or to think critically, or even yep. when you look at piece of text, is it correct? Yes. Because now we will have yes. an abundance of info and we have AI well, create you articles I think, and research papers yeah. and anything, but is this right? Yeah. That that's the that will be the, the the hard part with it. Like you get like such a well written article that somehow you assume it's correct, but exactly it's not necessarily one hundred percent correct. And depending so, on, on situation, if you're just writing and doing things, maybe it's, it's all fine. But if you're more need something exact. Then there is uh, some some things to take into account. Yeah, now, I do know this AI models. You can also uh, you give different parameters to them uh, and and make them return more kind of uh, free form versus more accurate. So there there is ways to to optimize that. And I think if, if you see AI appearing in, in products, there will be more uh, tendency to, to go to the exact uh, responses depending on the use case. I guess people will tweak it. Uh, so there's a long way to go to uh, embed this type of technology in, in meaningful products and, and but uh, it's, it's super super promising uh, uh, like yeah if you start looking around this is really 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 promising and interesting there's like even a new uh, a new kind of job description coming as prompt engineering i'm a prompt yes, engineer exactly. yeah, yeah so yeah. i understand uh, how to uh, talk to an ai that's kind of what it is yeah. like yeah. i ask this question i get output but output is not what I want. How can I rephrase the question so I get the output that is what I need? Yeah. Or how can I build like a concept where I ask parallel questions, pick the right one, start the other question? So there is like a there's already like a science a skill. Uh, behind a skill, it yeah, yeah. Uh, yep. around prompt engineering. That's and, yep. and tools yep. to help with with prompting and etc. So it, it's yeah, it, it's a skill. Well, ask correct. AI to write uh, to write us tools that help us build better prompts for you for AI. Yep. That's one way of doing that. So there was an interesting, there was a nice meme, I can't remember, it was David Rossot from the, the dev dev team who, who basically had the, the the Simpson metaverse. We have metaverse uh, the skills, Metaverse. I have metaverse skills, and then walking on the bushes and poof, I'm an AI skilled person. Yeah. So it only but, shows, you know, the ebbs and flows of of market and exactly. And it's it's always a cycle and it's it's always basically one side to another and we, we yeah. adapt on the things. Now the AI does to be we'd all do honestly with this week and now it's showing more attention with Bing AI announcement, the the Google the Google failure actually on their event as well. 
uh, impacting mm-hmm. 100 billion on their stock value. Um, that's a really good example of the of the the massive disruption yeah. and disruption what which is right now happening. And every mm-hmm. single company is now thinking, how can I take advantage of this? What 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 could it actually do for me? So yeah. what they should. What ideas do you have, Bert, for AI being a part of PNP? <laughs> That's a good one. I, I've been thinking a bit about it, but like the, the obvious thing is you could you could train it on your documentation, on your samples. But the, the thing is that you have to first have enough documentation, enough samples to get meaningful uh, content. But if you look at, at OpenAI, there is today options to US, anyone in the world can uh, take their own data set uh, and train it and, and kind of build a, a like a bot that uses the OpenAI tech on your data to get responses. Yep. So we could kind of make it easier uh, for folks because now we have all those kind of samples, a lot of samples, uh, that's what we have. But if there would be like a place to kind of say, like, I need this and, and go, go, you, you know, all these samples, there's 10,000 samples that are, I just put a number there, but that's the most accurate one. But <laughs> the, there's the 10,000 samples uh, and documentation pages. Yep. I need this. Give give me the answer. Yep. Give me yep. a script. Give me a script to do this. Uh, this, this. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or uh, or yeah. even if you go two step forward. So of course the chat chat UI and everything else, and that's coming now in Bing, and that's the whole thing. But but we will certainly get to the moment where you can basically say, hey, can you give me a SharePoint framework solution which does these things, has a web part and an ACE, and then the mm-hmm. ACE is connecting, and that's getting deep linking on the Teams, which is actually being hosted by the web part. And it yeah. gives you the whole project structure, yeah. even. Yeah. Question is, how do you uh, do? You need to do something special for PNP to integrate yes. that, or do you just wait for like uh, developer tools to get this type of, of, of prompt functionality inside them so you can just when you're developing code ask actually you can already do it today if you with github copilot if you use that yep exactly if you type comments uh, slash slash uh, describe what you're going to do as a comment quite often the first code lane it, it read the comment and it kind of comes up with like a block like yeah you wrote this as a comment i'm pretty sure you want to do something like this yeah and that's that's the same tech behind the scenes but that's also uh, surprisingly uh Accurate. And sometimes it's scary. It, scary. Accurate. Like, wait, are you reading my mind? No, no, you can't. But it sometimes but it feels like mean, uh, like that. But that does not certainly mean then that we would actually it would it would uh, danger the job description of a developer because again, if we, if we have a look on the let's say the the demand for developers historically, of course now we're in a bit of a recession. There has been layoffs and everything else, which is horrible. But looking under the growth curve on the demand for developers, why we all of the countries are betting on development technologies and, and training more developers, the demand is massive. The question is just where the demand is always is. Is it in uh, with areas of the IT business? And that might cause some layoffs here and there, which which is horrible. Um, and that that's always not good. But Looking on the demand and the number of developers we can get out of the universities and schools, they don't match. Uh, so the AI will then help the developers to be more productive mm-hmm. and make things happen faster. So increases the productivity. Yeah. Will it ever take over the, the human mind? That's the interesting question. Um, it's a philosophical question. And, uh, <laughs> yes. I wonder if the uh, another aspect will be because um, you you mentioned that um, you know the demand being dependent on the area of interest or skills, and I wonder. Yep. I'd like to see AI, you know, take a role in that in helping people be risky. Like I know, for example, yep. JavaScript, TypeScript, C sharp. I I don't know Rust, but I want to be able to to code in Rust. How about AI taking the code that I wrote in the language that I know, try, uh, making it to Rust, and then explaining it to me, like how different things can yes. happen? Because yes. I already know the things like you know uh, loops, loops, and exception, like the uh, programming concepts. I just don't know uh, the uh, flexion, like mm-hmm. the language, and maybe some specific things that are specific to Rust or Go or sort yeah. of thing, right? So how? How much easier would it be for me to learn that way as opposed to buying a book or doing online yeah. course or watching a video? I think that would be a productive way of learning because 
it's always easier to kind of if you understand what you want by your code knowledge and then get the new thing. And why wouldn't that be possible? Because like uh, translating today is, is one of the key things that that uh, ChatGPT uh, or any natural uh, natural language model, large language model, sorry, uh, can do. Uh, they, they are really good at doing that. But you need to they need to be fed with this is in and this comes out, uh, and yeah, yeah. they need to be trained. So if there's not enough training on on the uh, uh, JavaScript, TypeScript to Rust, saying yep. then. then the results will be poor, but if, over time, I think if the corpus of training content flowing into these tools, this is into AI, imagine it would crawl everything in the internet, including all, does, no. all, all, no, no, it doesn't, <laughs> uh, including all research databases. Yeah, yeah. Like, exactly. That, exactly. That, that's for me an interesting thing. Like if, if the research can be combined, yeah. that's what Facebook yes. right, and then they can yeah. so pull you can it overlay out the, because it exactly. was like not not accurate. <laughs> it kind yeah. of made up things. But if that thing can get accurate, and and uh, using AI, you can find connections between two different so parts. And, yeah. And, yeah, exactly. And see them because you're an expert relations in between the yeah. No one is expert events. in all areas, but uh, yeah. in AI, I think it's all. That's one of the areas in the in the medical studies and research is not actually anymore to do the actual research. It's more on overlapping existing research data yeah. with other research data and then coming up with, oh my God, we wow. So they don't necessarily, I know that this is already happening in, in the medical industry. Oh, yeah. So they don't necessarily need to do more research. They have the data already. Question is just finding those correlations uh, between the different Events. And then yeah, be like, oh, yeah, yeah. we need to do yeah. further investigation in this section. So, so there's so many inventions day. still waiting to be found. Exactly. Yeah. They're, exactly. They're there, but someone just has to uh, look in the right direction and say, like, oh, yep. wait, this, this, this together, it means. By this. the way, great way, great way of saying that, Bert. So really there was good. there was another there was the other day there was something you know uh, when we talk talk about experts, one of the folks who are leading experts in in their field ask uh, the chat EPD about something in their area of work. And the, the chatbot obviously gave an answer and the answer supposedly aligned with their line of thought. And it was like, well, man, like, like, like he's right. He, he agrees with me where somebody else was like, like, what if it was trained on you? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so it was exactly. trained not to think critically, but basically it was fed what you said and it's giving yes. you exactly your yep. thoughts back. Yeah, right. Yeah. Which is interesting as well. But now, by the way, on the translation, I have to say, we did got uh, the ChatGPT in a wrong translation in Finnish language, which was interesting. Um, so, because again, you might think that even the language translations would be easily doable, but it's not necessarily always the case. And that's that's not a great reminder yeah. on the every but, other language on Earth. Yes, but Finnish is the exception on the rule. That's like uh, yes, yeah. yes. But no it, it was interesting. There, nothing works. It was in the in the larger context, but uh, that English word was kite, uh, but Finnish word was eagle. So sure, they're both in the sky and they do things, but kite is a kite and eagle is an eagle. So there's yeah. a pretty way. Well, one one is an animal and one isn't. So someone has it wrong. Well, but I think it could indicate like the same. You know, um, if I understood it right, like the way, for example, uh, it it deals with or programming languages, like. It doesn't read word for word. It tries to oh. understand the meaning yeah. of it and then yes. copy the meaning to that. So yeah. it's not like, uh, you know, like when you have a lexer and parser in programming, you know, you have something that scans thing and understands tokens and words and build out of that uh, abstract syntax tree and all that. And then from that, you could go to another language. Yep. AI doesn't do any of that. Yeah. It looks at the code, it tries to understand the meaning, and then based on the meaning, okay, so you're trying to do X, here's the code. And, you, and the code you will get in yeah. our language will not be word for word like you had a loop here, you will have a yeah. loop here. It will try to, to give you the same we, goal. Which raises the question, like, what if you, people probably already do that, but if an AI generates code, if you have additional software, that then there's the software check, the, the compilation steps, Mm-hmm. And can tell, like, yeah, yeah, not good. And automate the training. Yeah, in, retry, in re- yeah. retry, retry, retry. It's a bit like yeah, some yeah. AIs work, they retrain yeah. themselves. Eh? They just start playing yeah. a game and they make mistakes against the rules. Okay, then they get the feedback what like, this was wrong. Eight. 
Yeah. No, two plus yeah. two is four. Okay. What is two plus five? Four. No, it's seven. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. exactly. Yeah, but that, that's that's how it works, and uh, so you, they can train themselves. Huh? Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. With ChatGPT, sure. if you tell it, you, you have to imagine that you're a, a, um, a, like a physicist or an engineer or whatever type technical role, and you're really good at mathematics. You ask the question, like a, do some calculation with with with, uh, with brackets, or you have to pick the right operator first. That right, you know the basic calculation stuff. It'll give you the right answer. Can explain you. Okay, I did like this, this, and why, this. Yeah. That's why. If you just say, here is the, the the calculation, give me the answer. It might go wrong because then it yeah. it, it assumes different and it doesn't. Yeah, it, the input is not not precise enough to get to the accurate answer, and that's kind of the prompt engineering in the beginning. Like you have to know how to tell it what you need. Yeah. Express yourself. I talk yeah, about yeah, it. You yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. he, and uh, you have to probably think about a name. It, he, she. Well, what is it? Yeah. But, uh, it's yeah, going to be I, interesting. And I, and I think you see this even more with the uh, AI for images. You know, when where oh, you yeah. have an image in your mind, can kind of which direction you want to go, and then you write a prompt, and the uh, AI doesn't have the context you have, so it comes up with. It only looks at your prompt as as yeah. as mm -hmm. the context yes. that it has, right? And yes. then you will get image that is different than what you you had in mind, and you will get kind of the point like, how yeah. do I express my thoughts? Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, that's actually for those things. That's but you, you, you that's can do both. Yeah, and that's you something what we can teach people to actually do as well and provide more context, express your thoughts, and and it's, so it's name talking using words. Oh, that's what it is. Wow. <laughs> Anyway, so this will be an interesting discussion to come back within 10 years or so. Be like, okay, so what did they... <laughs> well, <laughs> what we're at the hype cycle. I think we're at the top of exactly. the hype today. So exactly. things well, will naturally go a bit down, but uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's always the remember the, the I, I think my favorite favorite classic example is to remember the 3D televisions. Uh, so uh, that mm -hmm. was that was the, the future. 3D. <laughs> Where is it? I don't have a... 3D television, so but you know, um, it's it's interesting. Uh, in Finland, oh, we 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 live in 2D, so Finland is only 2D world. <laughs> <That's Okay>. not... <laughs> this is just yeah, it's this is a shadows. So <laughs> you should come over. So you should. The world is flat. <laughs> yes. Okay. We should ask ChatGPT if the world is flat in Finland. But yes. I'm not sure what will come out. Uh, Anyway, I, I think it's time to wrap up on the on the discussions. And thank you, Bert, uh, for joining. Um, and it's a good discussion from open source communities to chat GPT and the future of the, and of the, the developers. Of the world being flat. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All in one episode. Yes. Um, um, let's do a quick round of a, a what's going to happen this week and then close up for the day. Anything interesting, Bert, on your, on your side? And it's probably my side as well nowadays that we're in the same team. So what are we doing What's this week? What's on your plate, guys? <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> what, are, what are we expected to do? <laughs> well, I came from three days of holidays. It's my first day ah, of work this week. So yeah. it's a short week. Uh, so mainly catching up on, on, on email. Um, or next week. What's happening in next week? We are recording this on Thursday as a special early recording. So it's a bit of a early. Anything interesting what you're working on? Um, yeah. Actually, um, I'm um, working on, on a... Uh, I think we in the past talked about the Microsoft 365 assessment module, assessment tool, which is an open source tool that you can use to kind of get insight in your workflow usage, uh, get insight on, on how Microsoft Syntax can add value to your, to your organization. I'm building a new module for that one that will um, give you all the classic usage. And so it's classic pages, a typical example, but also yep. SharePoint uh, add-in usage, Azure SAS, uh, uh, um, user custom actions, for example, uh, yep. that are using embedding JavaScript on a page, classic lists, uh, all these things are kind of coming together. Like you get like a really nice Power BI report, giving you all that kind why, of why would insight we... in 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 what's what's old and classic and and why yeah. do you need why do you need that? Yeah. Well, you're you're missing out uh, on our model investments in SharePoint. Yeah. Uh, SharePoint yeah. evolves, um, and we are. We keep rolling and adding new features, but if you just stay where you are, then you miss out on those things, and and that's that's a pity. And and, and sometimes with quick changes, you you can uh, translate that classic content into modern and, and benefit from from new things. 
from the weekly and, release and not everything has to be modern either so it, yes. it's not like a black True. and white thing it's like a, yep. a really great big gray space between the black and the white here and, and you have to decide where it makes sense for your organization where not uh, all the uh, old team sites which have not been touched for like five years yeah why would you care about those so many let, let them be but relevant content sure Make yeah. make sure that that's modern and that you can benefit. Make from sure the, it's not future our, proven. So. Like if we start shipping AI infused features inside our products, if you're on plastic uh, SharePoint, you see the ribbon. Yeah, I don't yeah. think that there will be a button in the ribbon like do something with AI. Uh, and you're still just, paying the same amount of money uh, on the yeah. less than the tenant fees. So correct. Yeah, correct. Exactly. Correct. So, so uh, but there were no tools. There's nothing. Uh, to give, there was kind of bits and pieces here and there to give you a view on what you have, uh, but now this will uh, centralize all these things into like a new tool. Uh, and, and there's that, some new APIs coming up on that one as well. We'll correct all of that. So, yep. Um, yep. What, so which enables Burst to do Bert first Bert, which enables Bert to do his job in here. But there will be season, there will be APIs available for other people as well. Anyway, thank you, Bert, on that one. Well, CLI, you'll be on vacation, family vacation. Yes, exactly. family break. So this week is not going to happen that much. Like I basically have a half day left. So it's, so it's doing some internal things, but this week is not going to happen that much. Next week, uh, back to normal, back to the regular work where we're working on the Microsoft Graph Developer Proxy CLI for Microsoft 365. Um, and we, I think if I'm, if all stars align, we will announce something on um, February 15. So stay tuned for announcement for a cool uh, thing that we plan for March. So stay tuned for more updates about that. Cool. On my side, we're starting the prep 1.17 SharePoint framework release, not yet next week, but uh, we're starting the prep on that one. I'm making testing internally, so that's good as well. Um, it's intended to go and release GA actually by end of this quarter, so we need to start getting stuff out. Any, any um, kimono lifting, like what's in, what's out? What's uh, in? I don't understand that reference, but uh, now um, <laughs> 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 this is a family show. Come on, Valdek. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a normal expression you can find in a dictionary. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but now there, there will be new features. Uh, I think we're looking into webpack upgrades, potentially new technical upgrades. Uh, there's going to be top bar uh, buttons for web parts. There's going to be ACE improvements, Viva improvements. So across the board, uh, new stuff. And I, I think we're getting closer and closer to ship also the preview of the Viva cards powered by Bot Framework, uh, which is not really SharePoint Framework, but it's related on the on the Viva thing. So all of that is well, not keeping us up, uh, and and uh, we well, at least personally, I sleep really well regardless of the situation ever. So, but you know, we there's a lot to be done on, on making these things happen. Also, we're looking into having finally the Viva prototype in the App Source, which is rolling out pretty soon as well. So a lot of lot of cool stuff there. So, but I think cool. that's it. Um, thank you, Bert. Thank you, Waldek. Good to have good discussion. Uh, it's been yeah, an interesting week you. with all of the announcements. AI. AI is going to take over the world. So, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. It's just a this week. It's been really on the news, and it behind the scenes that have been used for many many things already. So, but thanks for joining. We'll jump the the weekly articles with Wallach right from here. Thank you. Thank you, Bert. Excellent. Thank you, Bert, uh, joining on uh, joining us uh, on the show, um, and. Let's jump on the articles. I guess that's the, what's that. missing. So Let's let me share my that. screen. Let me see if I can find the right screen. Um, what has ChatGPT got for us this week? Yes. So we'll start with ChatGPT. <laughs> Integration Sharing his own thing. articles. No. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, of course, the big thing, big news this week has been for sure uh, the, the the rise of an AI and what does it mean and and the big announcement and the search engine competition related on uh, AI uh, included in them. So the big announcement on Tuesday was that the Bing will be get uh, modified or modernized um, uh, quite significantly. So it's not necessarily that you use the search engine anymore to search articles and then you go to the articles and find, try to find what's relevant for you. You can actually ask from the engine, hey, give me the answer. 
So you don't have to search to answer from the multiple articles. And that changes the dynamics completely. It's really, really cool. Um, and, and of course, it's not just that. Uh, so from, from the announcement, there was a lot of integrations related on the, the browsers and all of that. So it's not just the Bing, uh, but the, the ChatGPT and integrations and that artificial intelligence is coming in many, many other areas as well. So it's been for sure the number one topic of today, uh, of not today. Well, probably today as well, but you know, so number one topic of the week. <laughs> Good. Um, I'll talk about this one as well because I was involved uh, on writing the article. So we are also rolling out uh, from the Viva blog, we're rolling out a new Viva connection experience. And this really focuses on the Viva home. We talked about the Viva home a few times in the show, and this has been articles and blog posts available. But it's basically a free starting point and free easily configurable and available in all tenants um, as a company starting point for both mobile and desktop. And it really makes it aligned, that experience, uh, based on those dashboard cards and resources and feed, which is exactly the same experience which is available then in mobile. Um, now that I'm saying this out loud, it's a bit of a bummer that we don't actually have a good picture that on that mobile experience um, in the blog post, um, but we do show it in our videos related on the uh, on the new Viva Home experience. So especially um, Anshuman's video related on customers and edit Viva Connection Home experience that actually demonstrates also, if I remember correctly, the mobile experience, and and that's part of this as well. So it's not just the desktop, it's the mobile experience and rolling out new experiences as well. Cool stuff, um, all extensible with SPFX, uh, so you can actually build integrations to your LOBs and all of that stuff within this UX. So a lot of, lot of interesting opportunities for partners and customers on that side as well. Now, uh, Kathy Du, uh, who owns our SharePoint templates and experiences and UX, had a new article in SharePoint blog. Exactly, about building beautiful sites with purpose. And building beautiful sites is as old as uh, SharePoint probably from was from day one. Like the moment we got the ability to theme and change the AUX, like that already yep. then it evolved this kind of idea. Like Which SharePoint designer? Who? <laughs> Which SharePoint designer? SharePoint designer, yes. <laughs> yes. Don't uh, use it, please. Don't use it. Don't use it. <laughs> but I mean, like, it, it only proves the need, right? That yeah. UX is important. And, and yes. for some companies, like expressing their brand through their intranet and sites that they build is a key thing, right? Because yep. that for a lot of companies, yeah, absolutely. And it binds the employees with, with them. And it's, and it's a very key thing for their identity. And as yep. such, they have the need to customize and theme sites. So uh, it's great to see what is available. And I think that this, this is basically a recap of what, what you can do today in SharePoint sites, what you can tweak, what are the options for you to control the UI, the UX, and all of that. So this is a great recap article that shows you what is already there. And there is another article coming on yep. Valentine's Day, February 14th. Valentine's Day. Yes, indeed. Next week. Um, you're out then, so you need to read it afterwards. On four, 14, I'll, I'll be back. You'll be back on 14. Okay, got it. Yes, got I, it. Am, I am back already on Monday. So or, 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 got I'm coming it, back got on it, Monday. Got it. Got it. I, I was just worried I, you're not here. You know, half of my brain is then on a vacation, and I don't know what to do next week if you're not present, you know. So you I'm not complete. Yeah. <laughs> Is it the left one or right one? I don't know. Hey, anyway, what so what should I do? <laughs> yes. Um, templates, templates, templates. Uh, in terms of our podcast uh, with Mark Cashman, uh, had a visitors, Kathy uh, Du, Peter Larson, and Lars Christensen um, for talking about the templates and the impact of the templates. So Microsoft 365 templates, SharePoint template, list templates, and what does that actually mean? Uh, so that is a great show in the Interzone podcast uh, with references uh, what they are going through as well. So a lot of, lot of cool stuff uh, in there. Now, we also had a article uh, from Dan and Aisha. From zero to hero, build a meetings app with Azure Communication Services, short ACS, and Microsoft Teams, part two. So in previous article, you learned about, you know, how to get started with ACS uh, to bring some of the audio, video, meeting uh, abilities to your app. In this article, you kind of take the next step and uh, they talk about, you know, like how you can combine it into Teams app. How do you bring together the power of graph to also infuse the app with data and insights and the ability to interact with Teams in your app? So this is a yeah. really cool article that, that shows the power of 
bring together multiple ingredients, Azure, um, ACS, Teams, and Graph into building a powerful end-to-end -end app. Really cool thing. Um, if you're in this space, if you need, you know, something to um, streamline video calls, maybe. Yep. Uh, Let's say. And there's, there's a lot of, I think this is a really interesting, um, let's say, technology, because again, let's say virtual meetups with your doctor. Um, you don't want to necessarily lick a, click a Teams meeting link. You you go to a website, yeah. you sign in as yourself, you identify yourself in that website, you then say yeah. connect, and that connects to the and team. So from a doctor, it's, exactly, yeah, that's it's in retail, just, it's in banking, exactly. it's in finance, it's exactly. mortgages, it's all kind exactly. of advisory where there's a video meeting across companies and especially yep. B2C, yeah, this is a problem. And you don't necessarily, as said, you don't want to send the Teams link to somebody because again, you could go, well, what is they it? Aren't on Zoom, teams. They are on it? your Teams, yeah. Zoom bombing, what is it? Is it Zoom bombing? Yes, and you would have I to have the, I have the Zoom, ad, I don't know. But you would have to have Teams installed and all of that. With this, you don't. That's the beauty of it. So again, really, really interesting technology. Um, and we should probably focus a bit on those scenarios. They're great, 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 let's say, scenario uh, talking uh, what can be done in here. So not just the technology, it's also about the scenarios. Um, to really get your mind bubbling on, oh my God, this is brilliant. Now, something uh, which we need to also call out uh, related on Microsoft 365, uh, there was announced relatively recently, we actually missed it last week, um, that Microsoft 365 certifications are evolving. And there are some name changes, there are some uh, uh, renaming of things, and unfortunately, there are some retirements as well. Uh, now, there was an explicit ask to talk about the retirement of some of this, this search, but to be honest, neither one of us actually has all of the details, and there are certain areas which we don't want to even speculate. So I would actually love to have a Microsoft 365 developer certificate uh, in place, um, but it seems to be that the one which was the closest, which is the Microsoft 365 Certified Teams Application Developer Associate, that's the MS600, is now retiring. Um, as said, either one of us don't have exact details why and how, and will there be a replacement? Hopefully there will be, and we're more than happy to help whoever is creating that so a replacement, uh, hopefully future. Um, but knowing the demand on and and how much extensibility is being used, we absolutely need to have a certificate here. Um, it it yeah. it's highly beneficial. So a lot of changes in the certification world. When I was young, back in 1935, we had the MCM trainings and Microsoft certification, the master certification trainings. You just went from <laughs> one to the other, one to the yeah, other. You, you didn't yes. do any work. You just got certified. True, true. that's true. So that when, now, when you got, got an, anything to do, you could prove that you were skilled and knowledgeable about but, it. Yeah, so, but that was, yeah. So I, I think the certification, the value of certification has been, let's say, moving around. And I think we, we need to be a bit more clear as a Microsoft on the value and the direction of this search as well. So what's the benefit of them and and, and why people should be using them? I think yeah. when I started in Microsoft World, the certificates was there was a clear path of getting a certain high-end advance, let's say, acknowledgments, which yeah. had a tremendous value. As you had discussion with customers, they actually were super valuable. Oh, you're on that level. Oh, whatever. So yeah. and and sir, the title of Microsoft Certified Master that Sounds really that is cool. not going away. You're master <laughs> forever, right? Yes. You can't take that away from me. <laughs> Watch me. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that program was already disconnected back in 2013. So you know. Now, um, Robbie Williams had a, a good summary articles in the Microsoft 365 platform community blog related on how to create apps for Microsoft Teams. And this kind of reference in the Microsoft Teams uh, learning path and uh, also the Teams toolkit. So how to get started on that one and making sure that people find all of the cool relevant information there. Now then, Techion had two really cool Microsoft lists uh, extensibility or formatting options. Uh, really, really awesome here. You want to talk about this or should I? Either way. Yeah, it's basically, again, <laughs> and he keeps doing the awesome things, like really uh, to push the limits of what you can yes. do with lists and formatting and basically go beyond what is available out of the, the box and basically achieve more. Like you, like he, time and again, he shows us that you don't always need to code app. You can, you can go really, you, you, you can achieve a lot. You can go really far based just on the, 
a normal list and formatting the data so it's show, shown in a different way. And we've seen yep. so many examples that, like, to me, I would never have thought, like, hey, like, like it wouldn't even occur to me to think about it in the lines of, I wanted to adjust it directly in the list. Like, I would build an app because that is more native thing to me. But yep. it only shows, like, how much you can achieve and I don't want to say without writing code because some of this is more complex yeah, that's than, 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 than my code with <laughs> exactly. the ben or with the extra pinch of unable to de debug Bug. it. Yeah. Yep. But sure. but it's really cool to see how far you can come without having to you know host anything or data yep. going somewhere or yep. data leaving your tenant and all that. So also yep. this is really really cool examples of how far you you can go. Yeah, absolutely. Really, really cool stuff. Thank you, Dechan, on this. It's just amazing. And and by the way, uh, in our open source, in our yes, two of those. Thank you. In our open source world, um, the, one of the most popular uh, sample gallery is the the list formatting uh, GitHub uh, and list formatting samples. There is so many cool looking samples available uh, for people to get at, uh, adjusted and just. Just have a look on what's available and then just plug it in and you can, well, don't open up the same one, just show another one. Okay, yes, I will. <laughs> but it, but so, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> yes, but there's, uh, there's a lot of, let's see, we're, we're progress header. Yeah, so there's a lot of like really interesting things what you can do without the actual need of writing code. And that's that's really like, how do Wow, you How can do, do you stuff. Even, yeah, exactly. Like, where do you start? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But all of these are provided as a uh, open source uh, JSON definitions, and the documentation is in place for you to take advantage. And, and really, that's that's how you learn. Start by doing. Now, uh, Marcus Miller had a, a a new article as well related on SharePoint documentation review and outlook on Teams and a custom application built uh, in here. Uh, so basically, how do we build that kind of an experience? How do we have a search-based messaging extension in Outlook to make things happen. So you could actually have a search messaging extension, then the reference to document, so you can easily find the link to the document rather than going to the document and taking the share link and all of that. So yeah. streamline, productivity exactly. increase. If you are in Teams, be able to find stuff directly in Teams as opposed to having to leave Teams, go to another app, find the thing that you yeah. want to do, copy-paste. No, like do do more with less, Yes, I guess. exactly. Yes. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's good. That's good. We just but need to have. I'm here to yeah. hold you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and on the 365 message center, so uh, Danielle and Daryl uh, go through all of the updated message center updates. And message center updates are basically those messages which Microsoft sends to tenant administrators on the changes which are coming. So these are actually really, really great ways of understanding. Oh, what's rolling out? Because we want to communicate those in the tenant level as well. And they go through on the latest episode um, on the different upcoming changes. There are changes on the projects and the Viva calls and all of that stuff. So a lot of stuff across the Microsoft 365 uh, areas um, are covered here. It's a great show. Thank you, Daniel and Dara, on that one. Then we have conversation with Stephen Rose. Who's Stephen Rose? Stephen Rose is a PMM in my Microsoft Teams, if I yes. am not mistaken. Correct. Yes. Correct. So Putting you on the spot. He, yes. Exactly. <laughs> like, like know your who is who in, uh, in Microsoft, right? Yes. Uh, as you can imagine, being PMM on Teams, a product marketing product marketing manager in, in, in Teams, like you can already expect like which direction conversation will go. It's yes. going to be about Teams, right? So yes. You, you, you can probably imagine that they will talk about what's latest and greatest, where things are going, and so on and so forth, and so on. And it's always so article... Uh, CM being, I think first I've heard of him when he was on OneDrive. I think he was OneDrive. on OneDrive and Windows. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. always, you know, great person to talk to, to hear from. Yeah. So it was so it, it it's just another great episode of the show. So if you're interested in that space, check it out. Absolutely, absolutely. And then we have an article from Chao Ferreira. See, after like five years, Chao. Yes. Ciao Ferreira. I'm getting Nailed it. I'm it. getting it. So <laughs> that, that, that's been pretty painful <laughs> for Ciao Ferreira and Ciao Mendes. <laughs> so for both well, of them. I mean, so. <laughs> if you ask them to say something in Finnish, I, I would expect Fair point. just at, Fair point. at least Fair point. As, as much struggle. <laughs> I don't want to even know how badly we, we come across in Finnish. 
Yeah, uh, that's fair. That's fair. I, I and and with all due honesty, I don't really care how my name is being pronounced, so it's okay as long as it gets my attention. So never feel bad about um, no. calling people's name. <laughs> yo, yo, dude. Um, <laughs> Shao had an article related on how to create a video playlist uh, for stream videos and, and a really cool uh, storyline related on Microsoft List as well. Microsoft List is a free tooling which is available uh, within the Microsoft 365 and which can be then easily used to surface information in the list format. And they are actually pretty powerful as well. So you can do a flexible uh, presentation and then you can use actually those JSON definitions even in here, which is really, really cool. Then on the video side, uh, Paolo has been moving on his journey with the episode 230. I think 35 was the first Office Scripts episode, if I remember correctly. And he's been kind of covering the Office Scripts and the possibilities there. And the latest one being on the consuming external APIs with Office Scripts and with Excel Online. Gets yeah. interesting, doesn't it? Yeah. Excel Online, Office Scripts, Office external, Scripts APIs, external APIs. Right? So you can now run... <laughs> a piece of JavaScript in Excel to automate interaction between your script and Excel sheet, right? That, and yeah. that is really cool. Like for for me, I made a switch a few years back where I use JavaScript everywhere when I can, front end, back end, terminal, and now I can also do it in Excel sheet. So I just learn one thing, and I can be a jack of all trades, yep. a master of none. Well, yeah, that, <laughs> that, tell me about well, like, it. That's, like, that's, like, imagine, that that sounded like my job right? description. So, really? Well, yeah, but I mean, like, imagine <laughs> on a flip in the past, you would have VBA in Excel, you would have command line batch files yep. in Windows or bash yep. in Linux, yep. you would have C sharp backend, front end JavaScript, yep. and a chilling amount of different languages. Yeah, it is actually really cool. Standardize, standardize, simplify, standardize, simplify, and and the, the, how we're, how the industry is heading to a more unified way of doing things. It's it's really good. So and, and it's cool to to see on this slide you show that there are two bullet points about the things you can and four about the things you 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 can. I think Paulo's point is not to be the salesperson. It's point on his point is always to teach, and he's really good on the teaching. Reality uh, his, check. Yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah, you and can that's, be really that's excited. Why. Oh my God! I'm going to build the whole thing in it. I'm going to build the whole intranet in Excel. No, no, yes. no, 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 don't. Yeah, <laughs> and it's actually good to know those limitations advance rather than yeah. just focus on how awesome things are. I, I, I'm. I'm a pretty <laughs> rational person from that perspective. I appreciate the the openness on limitations as well. Good. And then we had a new uh, video uh, from Shen Yang um, uh, related on batch complete SharePoint columns with Power Apps, choice person, lookup, manage metadata. So how do we actually handle that data in Power Apps? Because of course, Power Apps can be easily used to create those forms and experiences, which then has a data uh, SharePoint data source. Of course, you can use Dataverse as a data source, depending on whatever is your licensing situation, cost structure, knowledge, uh, you need to choose the right platform for you. So really cool. Yeah. Uh, video as well. Thank you, Shane, on that. Yeah, and it's also cool, right? Because like that has been, it's been the same since SharePoint 2007, maybe even earlier, where the data in the UI, like you get this rich experience of a person or uh, metadata tag or yep. whatever you have, but internally it's stored in a weird way. Like a, it's super weird for my column hash separated <laughs> string, and you're like, what? <laughs> right, and you have to know that because the yeah. moment when you patch the value or update the value, you need to understand the value that is there and format that is there. You have to send across the wire to API. Yep, yeah, yeah. Right? absolutely, absolutely. I, I still remember. I have a whatever you were just explaining the the massively complex the uh, value types. I think it was like like person field or maybe it was a hyperlink um, or whenever I started my SharePoint journey like a few years ago um, I tried to of course you start with a crude operations create uh, read update and delete and then you start okay now I have I, I can access the field how do I how do I set the value for the field yeah it wasn't easy it the, it wasn't no. like set a value on something that's not how it actually worked, and it's yeah, like, and, and that was format that that wasn't that that wasn't and isn't used anywhere else. It's just like, exactly, I've exactly. never seen anywhere else a semicolon hash separated string. <laughs> like what? Yes. And then you get into MMS, 
and the hierarchy of yeah, your that, that terms gets, is, oh, yeah. is separated with True. pipes. And you're like, Goods and pipes and, oh yeah, yeah that's, that's interesting. Like, <laughs> True. Well, but yes, like but, on the flip, what else would you do? A YAML? Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jason, Jason works always. Sending all those spaces and tabs across the wire. Like that would work yeah. pretty well. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, we already went through what's going to happen this week or next week, um, and and all of that uh, with Bert. Uh, so Bert, thank you for joining us uh, one more time. We didn't have a massive amount of articles this week because again we just recorded the previous episode, but we want to keep the the weekly cycle, uh, releasing a Tuesday every single time we do have few episodes until it's episode 200 let's see what's going to happen then um i have no idea so if anything if anything right because maybe nothing is going to happen and that's true we assume like we show up and there is like no invite nothing in the calendar yeah. there's nothing that, and we're that. like Hello. so do we record that. 201 already do we skip this <laughs> Keep it. That would be clever. So. <laughs> no, we cannot do that. We cannot episode do that. 199, episode 201. What? What? what but wait, where? Ah. <laughs> this is the episode that wasn't. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Anyway, thanks everybody for watching. Uh, if you are in Twitter, please use hashtag BNP Weekly. Uh, it helps us to find uh, the relevant articles and the awesome stuff that you're using. Um, if you are somewhere else, please remember to share what you're writing and what you're doing in the social media. That helps on people to find the awesome stuff that you're either doing in a video format or in a writing format. But I guess that's it. Uh, thanks everybody for watching. Thank you, Waldek, one more time. Um, we'll be back within a week. Cheers. Bye-bye. See ya. Thank you.